Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job reminds us that Jesus is near to the brokenhearted. You think that you can never change. You think that you will go to the grave experiencing the same bondage that you've had for 10, 12, 20 years. But I want you to know that there is a healer that can set the captive free. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Well, we're only a few weeks away from celebrating Christmas with our family and friends, but during this season, there are many people who are struggling and hurting. So Mark is turning to the book of Luke chapter 13 to bring us some hope and healing. This message is part of our special Christmas series called Christmas Brings Hope, and we're just getting started. If you missed last week's message, you can catch it online at boldstepsweekend.org. But let's turn our attention to Mark Job now and his message called, There is Healing for the Hurting. We are all affected body, soul, and spirit. For example, I may have resentment towards an ex-spouse who has taken me to divorce court, sued me for everything that I have, has custody of my children, and has lambasted my name, torn me apart, and my, my soul is full of anger at what they've done and how they've treated me and how they've behaved towards me. So I am, my, my mind keeps rehearsing how much damage they did, how much hurt they brought to me. So my, my mind is full of anger and resentment and unforgiveness. So I go into depression because I, I just keep thinking about what they did to me and I'm angry in my soul. But because I'm unforgiving and angry in my soul, it affects my spirit. Because my spirit, when there's unforgiveness in my soul, my spirit cannot experience the joy of God because when I do not forgive, then the forgiveness of God doesn't is not experienced in my soul. So suddenly I feel far from God. I'm not joyful in my spirit. I can't worship like I used to worship. So it started in my soul, but it's affected my spirit. Now, I'm resentful and angry inside. I'm tensed up. My spirit's depressed. I feel like God isn't around. And so suddenly I'm not sleeping very well at night. And I wonder, I change my mattress around, flip it over, get another kind of mattress. But I'm still, I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm not sleeping well. My blood pressure's going up. I go to the doctor. He says, wow, your blood pressure's super high. And you say, yeah, and I, my neck kind of hurts and I'm not eating well. I have ulcers in my stomach. And he says, well, what you need is you need medication for to lower your blood pressure so you start taking medication that lowers your blood pressure and it takes away your appetite and he says well take another pill that's going to help you for your appetite and for your blood pressure and so you take a pill for your blood pressure a pill for your appetite and then you can't sleep at night and take another pill to help you sleep at night so now you're taking six or seven pills and you're feeling sick and you're feeling lousy and you just, your body's down, you're getting depressed and the doctor's treating you with pills. You go to a counselor and he's treating your mind and, and, and at church they're treating your spirit. But hey, where did it all start? Are you physically sick? Oh yeah, you are. 
But the root of your problem is not a physical problem. The root of your problem is a soul problem that's dragged your spirit into it and dragged your body down as well. Because we are interconnected body, soul, and spirit. And if you lived with a dysfunction in one of those areas, in your body, your soul, or your spirit, if you've lived with something that's broken for a long time, it tends to warp your entire person. If I grew up with anger in my spirit and my soul, it shows up on my face. And I get angry wrinkles on my face. Have you ever seen someone and you think, man, that person must have had a rough life? Don't point to anybody here. Did I get that person? You've seen someone who kind of shows up on their face like, man, rough life. Because whatever you're experiencing in your soul and your spirit is affected in your body. They tell us that close to 75% of the people that go to see doctors are seeing doctors because of what's called psychosomatic illnesses. In other words, an illness that was birthed in your soul or your spirit, but that it affects your body. It's a real disease, but it's not solved simply by giving you medicine in your body. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in doctors and I believe in counselors and I believe in prayer. And if you come to me and say, well, pastor, you know, I'm here and, and I'm sick, but... You know, I, I'm not going to go see a doctor because I'm walking in faith. I'm going to say, no, go see a doctor. Because I don't think seeing a doctor takes away from your faith. Hello? How many of you know that God has given us doctors as well? And I think it's the ultimate foolishness and ultimate sense of irresponsibility. I hear news reports of people that have sick kids and they're, they're, they're basically dying with fever and they could have medication, but they say, no, we're going to walk in faith and just pray over them and, and not go see a doctor. And then the kid dies and it's like, why didn't you see a doctor? I think that's ultimate sense of responsibility. Listen, you'll never hear from me that going to a doctor is, is a sign of lack of faith. If you're struggling with finances, pray over them, but go see an accountant, please. If your car's not working, hey, I don't mind if you pray over the hood, but go see a mechanic too. No, pastor, no, it's lack of faith. I'm just going to pray over my car. Well, listen, you can pray all you want, but I think God wants you to change your oil once in a while and not just pray that it refuels on itself, okay? So see, specialists in those areas is not a problem, but here's what I want you to know. Listen to me well, and I'm not against, I'm not against antidepressants. I'm not against an antidepressant if it's a temporary solution. But here's what I know, that most of our depression is not physical, it's soul and it's spirit. And a physical antidepression will get you through a period of time, but unless you deal with the soul and the spirit, you're putting a Band-Aid on the problem because we are connected body, soul, and spirit. Amen? So here's the way it works. This woman, this woman had been living with her spiritual dysfunction so long that it affected her soul, is shame 
and a sense of a lack of joy. She was bound by a spirit and it affected her. It had affected her physically. And I believe it begins to become our identity. I think when she thought of herself, she thought of herself as the bent over woman. When people thought of her, they thought, who, 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 who are you talking about? You know, the bent over lady. So after a while, whatever your hurt is, whatever your dysfunction is, become, it starts shaping your whole person. It starts shaping the way you look at yourself, the way you look at God, the way you look at people, the way you relate to people. If you're broken in one area of your life and really hurting in one area of your life, it becomes so powerful in your life that it starts shaping who you are. It becomes, you grew up angry and everybody knew that you would blow your temper and you were violent when you got angry. So on the street, your name was Mad Dog. And, and <laughs> when you thought of yourself, you think of yourself as Mad Dog. Well, what? Oh, what's his name? Oh, his name's Jose. No, no, no. His name's Mad Dog. Why? You start thinking of yourself as angry. You start viewing yourself like, who's going to hurt me next? And you start getting a reputation. Pretty soon, your anger dominates your life. It warps your sense of identity. You can't show compassion because you see yourself, I'm the angry person. Sometimes we've allowed our hurt, a, a dysfunction of our spirit, soul, or body to become so big that it begins to shape who, you, who we are and how we see ourselves. Some of you look at your yourself in the mirror in the morning and whatever your hurt is defines who you are. You view yourself that way. When you talk to people, you see yourself that way because inside there's hurt that desperately needs the healing power of God. This woman had allowed her, her spiritual ailment to define the entirety of who she was. So I want you to understand that some of us may be hurting so long in a certain particular way that it actually begins to shape our entire being. There are 26 records of miracles that Jesus heals someone physically. Seven of those are caused by demonic influence. So I want you to understand that we are, we are connected, body, soul, and spirit, and that we have to address the issues of our body, soul, and spirit. Number three, if you're taking notes, write this down. The power of healing is released only when you respond to the invitation of Jesus. Notice that, this, that, that when Jesus was in the synagogue, the Bible says that in verse 12, when Jesus saw her, I love that little phrase. When Jesus saw her, some of us think that we're invisible to God. We have this idea that somehow there's what? We just turned 7 billion people on planet Earth. Oh, 7 billion is a lot of people. And some of us have this idea that somehow we're just a number in the crowd. That among the 7 billion people, and how in the world can God keep track of me? I mean, I'm just a lost face in the crowd. He's never going to see me. I mean, what are my little issues to this God? Does he even care? Does he even see? Does he even notice? I mean, he's the God of the universe. I'm sure he's got more bigger things to do than worry about my 
issues and inferiority complexes and hurt and loneliness that I have. I mean, isn't he trying to solve the problems in Egypt and the starvation in Ethiopia and the killings in Sudan and the rumors that the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq? I mean, how can God keep track of me? And I just want you to know that this word is for you. And when Jesus saw her, he noticed her. He saw her pain. He knew the issues of her soul immediately. When Jesus saw her in the crowd, there's something about suffering that attracts the heart of God. There's something about pain that screams out to God. The psalmist says God is near to the brokenhearted. There's something about brokenheartedness and pain that attracts the attention of God. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, and today's message is called There Is Healing for the Hurting. There's more coming up in just a moment. But if you've been encouraged by Mark's teaching today already, let me invite you to reach out and connect with us. You'll find us online at boldstepsweekend.org or connect with us in our social media platforms. Just log into your Instagram or Facebook account and search for Bold Steps Radio. We also want to remind you that if you ever miss part of our program on the radio, you can always catch up through our podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts, search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job, and tap the subscribe button. Right now, let's return to the second half of our message from Mark Job. And the Bible says when Jesus saw her, he called her. And then he spoke to her. And then this woman that most people would reject, Some people said, well, she's like that because of her sin. Jesus, Son of God, He touched her. And I believe that's the way that God works, is that the way that God works is that we have to respond to the invitation of God. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But but Jesus has come that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. I believe that Jesus knows every individual that is here. He knows your thoughts. He knows your story better than you know your own story. He knows your mind and he knows your heart. He knows your pain. He's seen every time you cried yourself to sleep in your own pillow when you thought no one else was looking. Listen, he knows about those flashes of suicidal thoughts that have gone through your mind and no one else knows about. He knows that sometimes surrounded by people, you've looked to the heavens and say, God, I'm lonely. What is this loneliness of my soul? Listen, the things that you have not even dared tell your closest friend, God knows. He sees, he understands, he empathizes. You say, Pastor, how could God ever, ever, ever understand what I'm going through? He's God. When has he ever been lonely, thirsty, hungry, felt abandoned? 
You see, that was part of the plan of God to send his own son to experience pain and suffering and hurting in a way that he could empathize with us. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, it says, Since then we have a high priest. Who is this high priest? Jesus. Who has passed through heavens. Oh yeah, he knows glory. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, just without sin. Let us then draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. You know what he's telling us? That Jesus, our high priest, can empathize with our weakness, our pain, and our suffering. He's felt the rejection of man. He's felt the abandonment of people that he loved. He's felt the scourging of his back ripped apart by vicious whipping. He's been spit at, cussed out, rejected. He's gone without food. He's known the sneers of people that he came to help. He's felt the abandonment on the cross. He's carried the sins of every rape, murder, bigotry, hatred, abandonment upon himself. He cried out on the cross because he knew he had to go through it. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Being all God himself, he took upon himself the sins of all humanity. When you approach God and through this high priest, you have not approached someone who cannot relate to your pain and sickness and sorrow. You have a high priest who knows intimately the scourge of pain, the suffering of humanity. He was all God and became all man to be the perfect sacrifice, but in the process to be the perfect empathizer with our sickness and our pain. Jesus called to this woman, this woman responded to his call. I want you to know if there's going to be healing of any kind that happens in your life, it happens when you sense the call of God upon you. She could have stayed in the back and said, no, I don't want to go forward. No, I don't want to come to you. No, I don't want anybody to know that I'm hurting. Jesus saw her and he said, woman, come. She could have stayed there and said, no, if people look at my Look at my hurting, they'll know I have problems. So I'm not going to act like I have any needs. It's too painful. She could have stayed away thinking, no, what if I come to you and nothing changes? And she could have stayed safe. But instead, when she heard the call of Jesus, she responded. And in her broken way, she made her way to Jesus, limping, broken, stooped over, in shame. But she came to Jesus, believing that maybe somehow, some way, Jesus has the answer. I love what Jesus does. He speaks to her. 
He doesn't create a big scene. He doesn't wave his arms. He doesn't jump up and down. He's not dramatic. He's not theatrical. He doesn't dance. He doesn't prance. He doesn't yelp. He doesn't holler. He doesn't do flips. He doesn't shake. He doesn't mourn. He doesn't scream. He looks at the woman and with all the power of God surging through his body, the power of the only begotten of God, the one who walks in perfect harmony with the Father, who is all man and all God, who commands and the universe listens, who speaks and the storms are calm, who can wave his arm and set a star in another course in the heavens, who looks at the, the, the sun and can stop it for 24 hours. The God of the universe made man speaks to this woman and says, woman, you are set free. There's no gradual straightening out of her back. There's no progressive healing. The Bible says that immediately the woman stood up straight. Oh, can you fathom that? 18 years. Bent over, robbed of her dignity through a ploy of Satan. 18 years thinking that that is how she had to be the rest of her life. 18 years believing that's her destiny. 18 years thinking no one or nothing can change me. 18 years embracing this is just the way I am. No one can change me. Nothing can solve it. I'm just this way. I'll always be this way. Until the day I die, I will be this way. Some of you have been bound by the lies of the enemy. You think that you can never change. You think that you can never be different. You think that you will go to the grave experiencing the same bondage that you've had for 10, 12, 20 years. But I want you to I know that there is a healer that can set the captive free. His name is Jesus Christ, the son of God. The Bible says that Jesus spoke and woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Isaiah chapter 53 verse five says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, with his stripes, we are healed. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. There'll always be people that oppose, always be people that will fight it, but he has the power to heal. This is Bold Steps Weekend. You're listening to the teaching of Mark Job, and you'll find us right here in your local station and online 24-7 at boldstepsweekend.org. These weekly messages are made available because of our partnership with listeners like you. We know at this time of year, everyone is stretched thin, but when you partner with us, you're giving someone the best gift ever, Jesus. 
and you're making an eternal difference in someone's life today. We'd be grateful for your monthly gift of any amount. Just go to boldstepsweekend.org to learn more. Or to give a one-time donation, call us at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. And when you give a gift of any amount today, we'll say thanks by sending you a copy of our Bold Step gift. No matter where you are in your faith journey, the truth is Jesus Christ is inviting each and every one of us to come closer, to know Him better. But going deeper into His presence isn't a one-stop shop. It's a journey, a habit, a lifestyle. And that's why we want to send you a copy of Louis Giglio's book, At the Table with Jesus. Through 66 practical daily devotions, Pastor Louis guides us into the presence of our Savior, offering a truly transformative process that we can begin right now, right where we are. And just in time for Christmas, this special devotional is our gift to you when you give a financial gift today to support the ministry of Bold Steps Weekend. Call one of our team members at 866-535-5580 or request a copy of At the Table with Jesus by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. If it's easier, you can send your donation and request for the book in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And then as we look ahead to the week, we want to invite you to join us for our daily Bold Steps program. Find it on your local station or simply go to boldstepsradio.org. Well, that's our time today. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, and be sure to join us again next time when Mark Joe begins a message titled, There is Joy for the Discouraged. That's next week on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.